You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, August 31st, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I'm very happy to be joined by the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale. Three days away from the showdown. Cannot wait. Notre Dame at Ohio Stadium against the Buckeyes. Bax, your confidence level, man. Like, where are you at? Like, how confident are, are you as a Buckeye fan? It would completely destroy my world if they didn't win this football game because I think they're significantly better than Notre Dame. And the stakes at hand are, you know, miserable if you uh, – miserably bad if, if you think about the downside of losing this game, not just in terms of the season that we're expecting to have, but with the, you know, 8 billion high-level recruits that will be there. So my confidence level on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being we're playing uh, Youngstown State or Arkansas State this week, is about a 9. I think Ohio State's going to win the football game, and I do think they're going to do it in a dominant fashion. Yeah, so the 17-and-a-half-point spread, of course – Maybe by the time we're doing the show, it could tick up more. It seems like it ticks up every time I look at it. Yeah. What do you make of that? I don't. I love what Ryan Dave said yesterday when I asked about that. Like, how do you keep your guys from getting a big head? He was like, almost like apoplectic. Like after what happened last year, we have zero big heads around here. Like we're like, you know, we're hungry. Like, and I love the way he and he didn't do it sarcastic. Like I'm doing. I thought I'm really even being sarcastic. He wasn't like bombastic about it or anything. He was just matter of fact. Like. We don't have any big heads around here. Like, we're focused. We're hungry. We like where we're at. Like, we don't care what the point spread is. I know Notre Dame is trying to use that as, like, like bulletin board material. Listen, go ahead and use what Vegas and the betters are doing as bulletin board material. I don't think that really is going to matter in this game. Ohio State, if they needed bulletin board material, could just use what Marcus Freeman said during the offseason. Go ahead, Bax. End of the day. Like, let's be real blunt where these two programs are. One's in the first year of a new head coach, and the other one is maybe the most talented team, certainly one of the two or three most talented teams in the country, coming off of a season where the worst possible thing that can happen happened. Ryan Day's right. They're hungry. You don't get to have an ego at Ohio State when you lose to Michigan. You don't. There are zero egos you get to have until you win that football game. And what we just saw was a decade worth of egos coming to home to root. But guess what? Ohio State is not going to come into this game remotely thinking that they're going to walk all over Notre Dame. And all this Notre Dame, like, oh, maybe we should use this as bulletin board material. I believe that as much as Marcus Freeman saying he doesn't have any emotions about going into the horseshoe for his first game as Notre Dame's official head coach this season. You know, like, come on, let's be real here. Free has said a lot of things that don't track what reality this offseason. And end of the day, sure, you want to talk about how your guys are a nearly three-touchdown underdog? Fine. Talk about why. I'm talking about a quarterback who couldn't complete a pass any downfield last year at all in Buchner, right, who, whenever he was on the field. Uh, talk about an Ohio State team that is one fixed defense away from being an absolute terror, and it sounds like that defense is thick. Like, let's be real here. Notre Dame doesn't win big games. That's why the betters are going against them. They all know better. They've seen this before. So, like, I don't want to sound cocky. 
because I don't get to have an ego about it either because my team lost to Michigan. But Ohio State should win this football game, and they should win dramatically. You don't want to sound cocky. You're just cocky. It's not like a a want. It's just natural. All right. But seriously, let's get into Tyler Buckner, though. Um, Buckner. Tyler Buckner. It's pronounced like Bill Buckner. It's it's, uh, spelled a little different. Tyler Buckner. um, Good runner. We'll see how he is as a passer. It's way too early to tell. Had all of 35 attempts last year as a true freshman. As the, the back of last year, <laughs> now sophomore, uh, he was a four-star recruit. Um, he's the starter. I mean, what a way to begin your uh, career as a starter to come into the horseshoe against his revamped defense. I was asking Jim Knowles about it yesterday. Um, your thoughts on all that? Lots to unpack there. Tyler Buckner going against his defense. What do you think about him as a quarterback? And how do you think Ohio State's going to attack him? I think that he's going to have a lot of trouble in this game because he has a couple injured receivers, and they only have like four healthy scholarship receivers at Notre Dame. Uh, he didn't get to do a lot last year. Like I said earlier, he didn't throw the ball downfield. There's a lot of swing passes. There's a lot of screen passes and short passes. And I think Ohio State's going to key on the QB run in the running game. And if they shut that down, Ohio State's going to win this football game. The only way that Notre Dame can – and if you're Notre Dame, you have to come in thinking we've got to out-physical these guys, right? We watched the film from last year. They can talk all they want about being fixed, having the defense be fixed. Well, defense is a mentality. It's a mindset. It's the desire to drag that guy to the ground – this desire to beat the guy in front of you, right? End of the day, if you're Notre Dame, you come in here and you think, we're going to do what Oregon did. We're going to run these guys over. That's the only way they're going to win that game. So if Ohio State comes out and stops that run, Buckner doesn't have the receivers nor the arm right now to be able to beat Ohio State through the air. Plain and simple. So, yeah, he may end up being a pretty decent player when it's all said and done. First career start. And you don't ever knock a kid who's making his first career start. You don't know what he's going to do, right? But end of the day from what we've seen from him they're going to try to run the ball and ohio state is going to have to man up and stop them and if ohio state mans up and stops them then this game gets probably out of hand if they don't then we hold on to your breath that's where the that's my mind on this that's the key you Notre Dame run the football football game. did you see me get creative at the press conference yesterday with coach day obviously he's not going to declare like this guy is my number two quarterback and this guy's three he doesn't like doing that do you like how i worded you know it though better. if you for some better. reason C.J. Stroud has to leave the field for whatever reason. Hopefully, one oh day. Who would be the quarterback to go in? Would it be Kyle McCord? And he said, yes, it would be Kyle McCord. And everybody's like, no, there you go. Kyle McCord is like the heir apparent. Like, no, we're away. That's for next offseason. But we did finally get, after all offseason, all preseason, he wouldn't say who was two or three. We now know, to no surprise to anyone, but we know officially from the man himself, Kyle McCord is your backup quarterback. Yeah, and this is what Ryan Day is doing, and it's smart, right? You don't really declare a number two. You don't declare somebody ahead of the other one. You say that they're more ready right now, right? Because you want Devin Brown and Kyle McCord in spring football next year. You want them in fall camp next year competing for that job. We won't know until, like, this time next year which one of them is going to start. Unless Ryan Day will know, but we won't know. Just like last yeah, yeah. year, he, he knew C.J. Stroud. Is it, is it Jack Miller or C.J. Stroud? Ryan Day the whole time knew it was C.J. Stroud. I mean, most go of ahead, us knew C.J. Stroud, yeah. too. Let's be real. It's, I think yeah. you and I spent the whole summer going, yeah, I wonder who the quarterback's going to be. C.J. Stroud. Um, so, yeah, let's right. like let's just call a spade a spade here. This one might be close. Well, this one will be closer, I think. This one will be closer. I think it certainly will be closer. A lot closer. Go ahead. These are two very good quarterbacks. Yep. But if you buy a state – Who's the quarterback behind them? You know, like that's the reality. They don't have anybody else of note 
to be behind those two guys for next season. So you yeah, need Brock them both. Glenn. Yeah. Yeah, but he's a true freshman true now. Freshman. You're right. Let's be real. Right. You know. So like they need both of these guys to come back, not just for spring football, but to come back for the fall, thinking they have a legitimate opportunity to compete for the job. That's the reality. So you need these guys both to be back. So when Ryan Day, you know, he's playing his little verbal games about it. Well, yeah, he has to. Otherwise, one of these guys is going to go somewhere. And, you know, that's the reality in today's world where the kids can transfer with, with no uh, season sat out anymore. You're going to have kids that, at the end of the day, that's what they're going to do to get on the field. There's only one quarterback. Look what they're doing up in, in Ann Arbor. They're doing this like, well, you'll start one game and you'll start the other game. You know, <laughs> who, whose child is this? Let's cut it in half. That's not how it works. Cool, but sure. You know? Like, Good. that's why I'm going to stay trying to avoid that scenario. They want to have the guys there to compete and then make the decision. Good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad Jim Harbaugh is going to try and outsmart the entire, like, a football community where if you have uh, two quarterbacks, you have none. He's like, no, we got this. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. And the fact that he's, like, said one's going to start the first game, one's going to start the second is the weirdest thing. It's one to say to think they're both going to play because they did that last year. I mean, to go against my own point, they did that last year and they won the Big Ten Championship. They beat Ohio State. They played two quarterbacks. But J.J. McCarthy was like a kind of a change of pace guy that they threw in there. To already say, I'm going to start this guy, McCarthy, in the opener, uh, or excuse me, a McNamara in the opener, and then McCarthy in the second game is just so weird. So basically Dylan like on brand for Jim Harbaugh. Um, yeah. Dylan Edwards is right, Dave. That's what it is. He's, he's sitting there going, J.J. McCarthy's going to transfer if he's not starting quarterback this year. So Harbaugh's trying to make sure he at least gets a start. He wants to try to run with the guy who won with last year, but I think he knows that McCarthy in a year might be the better one. So he's trying to find any excuse that he can to not run him off, but good luck. So in addition to speaking with uh, Coach Day tomorrow, we got a couple of players, and we got Jim Knowles. Always great talking to Coach Knowles. He's cracking the room up. Some of the reporters who had not been there, um, I'm not, I don't need to name their names. I mean, not that they would care, but like I had one guy – who uh, is a prominent reporter who hadn't really, you know, been at an Ohio State press conference in a while, like whisper in my ear, like, oh, while Jim Knowles was talking to us, go, I effing love this guy. And this guy has no allegiance to Ohio State. And by the way, he didn't say effing. He said the real world. He's, I I effing love this guy talking about Jim Knowles. And again, this is a reporter who has no allegiance to Ohio State. That's how great Jim Knowles is at press conferences. Let's hope he's just as good as a defensive coordinator backs. So like he said, like, I'm 100% confident in, in this defense, 100% confident in Ohio State's defense going into the season. I mean, he knows, like, nothing's going to be perfect, but, like, he couldn't be more pleased with where they're at right now. What would you make of Coach Knowles' comments yesterday? Uh, he and Ryan Day talked a big game about the defense yesterday. It's, 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 it's almost such a big game that it's – there's, like, the 5% of me that's, like, thinking, like, the fifth level of poker, like – what do you think that I think that you think that I think you have, right? It's like, are they trying to talk the defense into having that extra confidence going into the game? Or are they just that good and they're like, yeah, we're not going to lie to you. They're good. Because if that's the case, then, like, I mean, I'll go do a happy dance, right? Dwayne Long will be running naked through the streets of Ohio. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> the, the, the reality here is, is that if they're this openly confident in their defense, then that means they're setting expectations for them to be very good. They're not couching their expectations. They're not telling the fans, well, we'll see. They're saying, yeah buddy let's go and if it's a yeah buddy let's go scenario then um all of us are gonna have a really nice fall that's all i gotta say huge recruiting weekend i want you to get into that a little bit just your thoughts on this uh recruiting weekend ryan day talked a lot about that yesterday he's like 
obviously, like we're fully aware of it. He's kind of turning it all over to his recruiting staff, Mark Pantone and his staff, because he's like, listen, we have to win this game. These guys know how we feel about them. We've been in contact with them. This is a different situation than them coming in in the spring or in the summer. Um, we're trying to get ready for Notre Dame. Obviously, Ryan Day is not going to ignore these kids. And hopefully after a, a big win on Sunday, they, they can all hang out like the next morning. But, um, you know, what do you make of this big recruiting weekend? What do you expect? Well, I mean, they, they said last night that Mateo and Galilee is now coming on an unofficial visit. It tells you what this weekend is. It's the hottest ticket for a recruit in college football this week. Plain and simple. I mean, this is the sort of game where you have the chance to make a very lasting impression on a large number of kids that are likely deciding between your school and uh, Notre Dame and other big programs, potentially, not just in the Midwest, but around the country. You know, this is this is the biggest recruiting weekend that I can remember in a while for a football game in Ohio State. I mean, I know COVID makes it difficult to remember what the big weekend in 2017 was or something, right? But this feels like one of the biggest ones we've had in a very, very long time. And that's appropriate. ADEC tickets are going for like $700, $800 a ticket right now. I mean, this is the hottest ticket in college football this season outside of, I think, the SEC championship. You look at the prices on it. But yeah, everybody wants to go to this game. And even the guys that maybe aren't as interested in Ohio State as, as, as we'd like them to be right now, what happens if they go to the Horseshoe? They see a crazy atmosphere. And Ohio State goes out and decks Notre Dame. They're going to walk away with a higher opinion of Ohio State. So Ohio State's all in on this game. All in. And it may not affect the current class in 2023 when they sign it, but the 2024 and 2025 classes, those are the ones where this is going to be a hallmark kind of game. Like we could be talking to these kids in a year and go, hey, so tell us about that, that Notre Dame-Ohio State game. How many of you made your minds up in your hearts to come here that night? And you're going to have a bunch of hands go up in the air because this is the sort of thing that, you know, sort of, Feel the deal for a lot of people who maybe are going to take their time making their decisions, but they're going to keep coming back to that experience. This is the biggest recruiting weekend in a long time for Ohio State. And the recruits will get to see the uh, alumni of the 2002 National Championship team at Ohio State, the 20-year anniversary that will be celebrating that. Uh, some people have asked, will Maurice Claret be there? I don't know if he'll be there. Um Man, I hope he's going to be there. If he wants to be there, he sure as hell should be there. Like, they don't win it without him. There's a lot of guys you could say they wouldn't win it without him. Like, I know Chris Gamble kind of just wants to be incognito. Good for him. Whatever. They don't win it without, you know, without Chris Gamble. They don't win it without Craig Krenzel. They don't win it without Mike Doss. They definitely don't win it without Maurice Claret. There's so many guys. We're going to go through the whole roster because we can do that. I also want to see, hopefully Maurice Claret is there, um, you know, for the 20-year anniversary. I also want to see Will Smith Jr. there. Uh, if it's allowed, um, with the number 93 jersey on it, probably isn't allowed. Who knows? Does the NCAA rules even matter anymore? I'd like to see if they don't. Why uh, doesn't he? Will Smith Jr. there as well with the number 93 on. But I want to see Claret there. I love the 2002 National Championship team. 100-year anniversary of the horseshoe. 20-year anniversary of that great national championship team. Go. I hope Will Smith Jr. comes out with just a big picture of his dad holds it. I, I, that would be really, really, really cool. Just walk out with, like, the size of this picture behind me. Picture of his dad, you know, like in his gear or something. That would be super cool. I mean, the reality is 2002 was a watershed hallmark moment for a lot of Ohio State people. I was a freshman that year at Ohio State. I can tell you stories about that year until the, until the sun rises, you know what I mean? That that was one of the best years I've ever had in my life. Uh, but, you know, think about that team. Like, what was the number one hallmark of that team? They weren't overwhelmed at all, but damn, were they tough. 
mean, how many games did they win that were by two points, three points in overtime, right? Like all of them, everything. They went to overtime against freaking Illinois, right? But they didn't lose a single football game. That team was the ultimate grit toughness team. And it also was, what, a 34-year gap between national championships for Ohio State? 34 freaking years, right? That's, that's unfathomable. We're sitting here at, like, seven going on eight, and we're like, oh, it's been forever, right? Like, the, that, the, 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 that year was incredible on a number of levels. And if you think about that team, they beat one of the most talented teams in history in the Miami Hurricanes. That national championship game, I believe to this day, still has the most uh, high-level NFL players and total NFL players of, between the two rosters of any game in the 20th century, or 21st century. Um, if yep, you remember prospects, the yep. players. OSU's sure. backups that year were freshmen like Bobby Carpenter and A.J. Hawk. Antonio Holmes red-shirted. Like, that's an insane team. Insane. Troy, Troy Smith, Troy Smith redshirted. Nick Mangold was one of the top backups on that team. You didn't even know what position Troy Smith was yet. Nobody like, knew who Troy Smith was yet. Yeah, we, like he returned kicks the next year. We weren't sure what position he was going to play. Justin Zwick was the great hope at quarterback, and he didn't play that year either, right? Like, th- say, that you're right. Be- San Antonio is the best example. You're right, and and Trestle even said like that he like you know, agonized over that. It turns out it didn't matter because San Antonio went pro after his like fourth year junior season anyway. But yeah, that's the best example. You're right. Like and they had good receivers, even though Chris Gamble played both ways, you know, they had Chris Vance, they had obviously Holy Buckeye, Michael Jenkins. So he felt like he could like, maybe like, maybe we'll get five years out of San Antonio. No, but that shows you that team is more talented than people think backs every, as you mentioned, like alluded to at least every starter on that Ohio state defense was drafted. Let me repeat that. Every starter on that Ohio State defense was drafted, and most of them early. Most of them in the top three rounds. This past year on Ohio State's defense, two players were drafted. Tyreek Smith in the fifth round, Haskell Garrett in the seventh round. Haskell Garrett's already been cut. Hopefully Tyreek Smith makes it. So there you go. People say, oh, the 2002 Ohio State State team wasn't that talented. Um, Listen, when all 11 of your defensive starters are drafted and most of them within the top three rounds, you're talented. You're talented. I mean, and again, the backups on that team were the lights out good too, right? Like, I mean, A.J. Hawk, Bobby Carpenter, right? Those guys were on that team as backups. They were both first-rounders, right? So, like, A.J. was like the fifth pick in the draft. He was a special teamer that year, right? I mean, that's a, that's a special football team. And you know what the funny thing was? We all knew how good the kids were on that team. That recruiting class was like the first big class of the Trestle era, right? that had just come in, the, all those freshmen. And I remember thinking that year, everybody talked about 03 and 05 were supposed to be the years that we really made the run, right? And then we just went out and you know beat Miami for the national championship. And the other thing about that time, and maybe it's something we can all remember a little more now because of what happened last season, but that year was the second year of the Trussell era where we ended the whole John Cooper, Michigan disaster, right? And so we've had very few years to reflect like we are currently right now since then about losing to those jerks and spending the entire offseason pissed about it like we have been. And that team, the year before, had gone up to Ann Arbor and broken sort of the spell that Michigan had over Ohio State. 2002, though, they came down to the horseshoe. They were a top-10 team, and it took Ohio State not one but two turnovers in like the last two minutes of the game to hold them off. And the winning play, the last play of the game, was Will Allen, who also was drafted um, and technically wasn't a starter, 
um, picking the ball off on the goal line and at Ohio State's end zone to save the game. So, yeah, that year was huge on a number of levels because it not only flipped that rivalry for two decades, per, almost permanently, but it also was a year that established Ohio State very quickly as not the team that lost every bowl game under John Cooper, not the team that you know usually lost the game at the end of the year. It established Ohio State as the alpha dog of the North, and that hasn't changed for two decades. So we owe a lot to that 2002 team to make Ohio State what it is today because Ohio State going into 2002, what were they, 13th preseason, something like that? The year before, they had lost the who gives a crap bowl to Carolina and Cotton Like, Let's be real here. They were, they were bad for two, three years before that year. And then they just went out and won a natty casually. Huge huge year for the trajectory of Ohio State football. We're still feeling it 20 years later. Last thing, real quick, is Notre Dame in big trouble three nights from now? God, yes. Sorry, Laurenita. Sorry, Freeman. Appreciate everything you did here wearing the right colors, but it's going to be a long night for Notre don't, Dame. Don't apologize to them. They'll find I out. Will, I have my signed James Laurenitis Ohio State hat over there, and I'll go right back to cheering for him as soon as he gets the right colors back we can on. Still lo- we, we can still love right. We can still love him starting September fourth. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, that's okay. Uh, you know, as Woody Hayes always said, uh, if you're deciding between Ohio State and Michigan, and you're not sure in Ohio State, you should go to Notre Dame. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> it could be worse. Like I don't. I don't hate those guys at all. In fact, I love those guys. Like, I, I love James Laurinaitis. I know people are going to get mad. Like, I love Marcus Freeman. Like, I, I don't care. Like, I love those guys. Like, I covered those guys. My God, I covered those guys. That's how old I am when they were, like, coming out of high school. Like, Marcus Freeman, like, at Wayne and James Laurinaitis. Why are they taking this three-star linebacker out of Minnesota? Like, I remember having him on the old front row radio, Laurinaitis, like – after hockey practice when he was, like, in the middle of winter, you know. And, hey, did uh, you know his dad used to be a wrestler? Holy cow, I can't believe that. What's that? Did you know his dad used to be a wrestler? I can't believe that. <laughs> that was, like, a month of discussions on the board. We were also shocked about it. He, yeah, I mean, he turned into a folk hero, as we all know that. So he had his own little cheering section. And, like, Laurenitis obviously played as a true freshman, came in for Bobby when Bobby Carpenter got hurt against Michigan. And then as a sophomore, Laurinaitis in 06 broke out as a national superstar. So, uh, all right, we can root for Laurinaitis and Freeman starting September 4th. We're going down the Trestle era memory road hardcore on this show. Like, that's, well, like, I, that's why I wanted to end with, like, how you feeling about this game. I'm pretty confident, <laughs> too. And I have a lot of respect for this Notre Dame team. I think they are they really good. Suck. They're going to win nine or ten games this year. Bottom line, simple, Dave. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this here. This is not a knock on Notre Dame, but if Ohio State's defense is fixed, this is the last word from me, and then we can end the show. If Ohio State's defense is legitimately fixed, like Knowles has set the expectation that it is fixed, that like Ryan Day has set the expectation that it is fixed. Like every observer we've heard, this isn't some BS at the end of a oh god, how's the camp been? This is everything we've heard. 100% 100% of the people saying, wow, this defense really improved. If that's the case, it's not just Notre Dame. It's pretty much everybody not named Alabama. I'm going to go Ohio State should kill them. Because this is the best offense in the country. We have the number one quarterback, probably number one overall pick, unless they take that, the, the edge rusher from Alabama next year in the NFL draft. This offense is a juggernaut. So if this defense legitimately is good, much less very good or elite, good luck everybody that doesn't wear – the colors of the crimson tide everybody 
Well That's said. A- I've, I've said all offseason, if they can just be a good defense, look out. They might be better than that. Great stuff yeah. out of the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale. You can catch his column every Sunday. It is the bucket. This Sunday will be epic, I am sure. Uh, thanks again to Bax. Thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in the show. We appreciate it very much. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, give us a five-star review. Depending on what platform you are listening or watching on, all that stuff really helps. Thanks again to Bax. Thanks to all of you. Hope everyone has a great day. Go Bucks.